The brilliant horizon is expansive and breathtaking. We take a moment to pause and reflect on the future ahead of us. We see it's filled with infinite possibilities. It does require us to take the first step of faith to move forward. The journey calls to an irresistible drawing of desire deep in your soul, beckoning you ever forward. We're filled with hope and possibility. You must deeply engage in your faith to propel you into inspired action. Come engage with Jennifer Duza and Karen Smith as they lead, encourage, and inspire you through life's pivotal choices. We will focus on leadership, mindset, business, entrepreneurship, faith, abundance, and building your dreams. Jennifer and Karen's personal stories will make you think, laugh, be inspired, deepen your faith, and help you fulfill your own God-given callings. The world needs your gifts and talents. They lie ahead on your brilliant horizon. Welcome to today's episode. Welcome, Brilliant Horizons listeners. We are so excited to have you here today. We have a wonderful episode for you on habits of wealthy people. And of course, joining me is my lovely and talented co-host, Karen Smith. Welcome. What was that? Karen Smith. (laughs) Hey, Jennifer, how are you? It's always so good to see you and be on here with our podcast, sharing it with our listeners. And I just want to thank all of our listeners. We have been getting some great feedback from you guys about episodes that you're interested in, what is serving you and how you're really enjoying them. And we just hope you continue to listen and um, share with a friend this week, one of your favorite episodes for us and, and let us be able to add a little bit of value to their life watch everything grow. Karen, I took a picture on my way home the other day. It was this beautiful Colorado sunset. The sun had just gone behind the mountain and we had a rainstorm that had come in. So there were some low-lying clouds. It just was, I, I had to pull over and take a picture of it because it was so beautiful. And of course the picture did no justice to what I was seeing in real life, but it reminded me of our Brilliant Horizons podcast, Mm -hmm. because about taking time to look at the small things in life, the things that really take our breath away that we should be focused on. We came up with the Brilliant Horizons name and what it's about, looking at that Brilliant Horizon and just admiring all the beauty that was ahead of me was just inspiring. I love that. And you know, it really speaks to your soul. It awakens it and you realize like you're just drawn to it. You want to go and accomplish that. And and that's our hope with, as people listen to the episodes of Brilliant Horizons, that they'll find something of value that spurs them on towards their goals and their dreams and to really just engage fully in the journey and find their own Brilliant Horizon. Well, speaking of Brilliant Horizons, as I mentioned, our podcast today is on habits of wealthy people. Tell me a little bit about what inspires you to talk about this, Karen. Oh, I love this. As a wealth coach, I get to work every day with people who really just want to grow their abundance in all areas. So, you know, wealth, remember, isn't just money in the bank, but it's really about living out your God-given dreams and goals. It's about having good health. It's about really setting yourself up for a successful future. It's mindset, staying in that prosperity consciousness instead of that poverty consciousness, which we talked about on a previous episode. One of the things that I see with my clients and other wealthy people around the world is that they have some pretty consistent daily habits that they engage in 
that really solidify their belief in wealth and their ability to bring it into their life and then also enjoy it and share it with others. And it's very powerful. These are things that everyone, no matter what your socioeconomic standing today is that you can engage in. And I also think that they highlight to people that wealthy individuals are not some unique and ethereal creatures that you can never be like. They're actually real people just like you and I, who have really just been consistent about certain habits and made some great choices along the way, as well as being in alignment with the natural laws of how money works. Let's talk about what these wealth habits are. So first of all, they are avid readers. And this isn't just reading books, but it's reading uh, newspaper articles. It's reading anything that well, podcast articles, it's listening to podcasts, it's reading periodicals. For those of you who are younger and don't know what that is, those are our magazines or articles <laughs> that come out just on a quarterly basis. I'm kind of old school here with some of my reading, but they're really things that come out from experts in your industry, or maybe a bulletin that a certain industry puts out, like some medical journals only come out quarterly. Some economic journals are printed at that time. And they also have a very diverse amount of reading that they engage in. So they might read about current events. They might read about business, especially if they're doing business in a foreign country, they might pay attention to a particular country's happenings. They read technical details about the industry that they're in or something that they're interested in. They also read subjects that are different. They might engage in reading about arts and politics and religion. And, and here's a really big key piece is they don't just read things that confirm opinions that they already hold. They seek out information that shows them both sides of the spectrum. And sometimes there's multiple sides um, to an issue. So they might look at, say, a current business issue that might be aggravated by a political policy that's being put in place. They'll not just read an article about what they believe about that. They'll actually read some corresponding articles or opinion pieces that support the opposite argument because they really want to learn about the situation, not just confirm an opinion that they actually already hold. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I do, I actually allow myself to read a couple of different things at one time. Um, at first I thought, how am I going to read something? Because in my, in my head, I was kind of coming from, you read a book from start to finish, and then you start the next read. But what I found was there are certain spaces of time in which I want to read certain things. So in the morning, it might be my Bible, my Bible study, and then I'll move into self-improvement books or articles. And then when I am at the end of the day, my mind is not in a mindset to absorb self-improvement or things like that, that I really need to concentrate on. So I just want to read some fiction or even nonfiction, but it's a feel-good kind of book. It's not something that, it's something that can kind of lull me to sleep. And if I need to pick it up the next night and reread a couple of paragraphs, I'll do that. That's really what reading is to me. Certain times of the day when I need to concentrate, learn, and then times when I need to just relax my mind. 
I really like that. And that's what's really delightful about reading is that you get to set it up for however you're motivated. For example, when I was in corporate America, I would start my day, maybe I'd be working out and I'd be reading some inspirational things or some scripture. And then I'd look at some mindset or motivation pieces kind of just to get me going for the day. And maybe on the way to work, I would listen to some kind of leadership podcast. And then once I made it into work, I would read all of the daily news. Maybe I read the Financial Times, the Wall Street Journal, the BBC, as well as some US newspapers. And then I would read about the markets that we engaged in. They were agricultural markets. So I needed to know what the price of cattle and corn and and oil and different commodities were that morning because our business was based off of that. And then maybe at lunchtime, I might read an opinion article. And then by the time I would get home in the evening, yeah, a lot of times it was just a light read on something or maybe checking in to see how some news stories from the day turned out. But it's really whatever you personally enjoy. You know, maybe you are a person who writes fantasy novels. Well, you're going to probably read different things than I do, or someone who is a doctor might read up on the latest medical thing that's happening. And then they might also read an article or a journal about how to improve bedside manner. Mm-hmm. It's really about whatever interests you. I would always encourage people as they're reading, have something that you just can relax and love, something that's relevant to your industry. And then something that is something that you personally want to learn whether it's related to your job or not. So maybe you are an auto mechanic, um, but you want to learn how to speak Spanish because you would like to travel to Spain and Portugal someday. Go ahead and allow yourself to enjoy that and engage in that. Uh, Those new things we learn help build new neural pathways in our brain. And that's so important in engaging in growing and growing in your awareness also brings you more opportunities to build wealth. So it's very, very important to engage in just consistent reading and growing your situational awareness about what's out there. The way that I kind of set up my reading time is because it, and this flows into our second habit, they understand delayed gratification. If I'm reading a really good suspense novel (laughs) and I am at a great part, I know that I need to get through my day. This is my reward at the end of the day. I get to tune in to find out what this character in the novel is going to do next, how they're going to get out of a sticky situation. It's that reward, but it's that I know I can't sit down in the middle of the day and read that novel, even though that's what I want to do. So it's, it's delaying that gratification. I love that. And that is so important to, with this point number two, being understanding delayed gratification. This is basically an adult decision that you make to tell yourself, I don't need that right now. I can wait for this individual item to come up. And uh, I'll give you an example that's very common in our world. How many times have you driven past a coffee shop and you're like, oh, let's stop and get coffee. But if that coffee is five or $6 and you do that 10 or 12 times a month, you have now spent somewhere between 60 and $75 just on that. And if you begin to look at that over the course of a year, you're probably at what? $800 extra. What do you have on your dream list right now that could use $800 and $800? That's a nice weekend away somewhere for food and renting a cabin somewhere or a plane ticket. And so just really ask yourself, maybe you have something that you want now, but if you actually said no to it, what does that mean for your future dreams? We do this when we're watching what we eat. We'll say, oh, you know what? I don't want to spend my calories on 
ice cream because I really want to fit back into my jeans, but we often don't do it with money. And I actually see this habit in a lot of my middle-class clients where they're doing well enough that they're not struggling to put food on the table anymore, but they're living in this middle space where they're really not going after those big dreams that they're called to do. And their first excuse to me is, well, I don't have any money to put towards a weekend away, or we really want to get a camper. Like yet, if they would just stop stopping at a coffee shop or fast food three times a week, in one month, they could pay for a new tent or they could book their campground reservations for the entire summer and have the money for that. And so it's really about asking yourself, what is it I want more? And am I willing to say, hey, I'm willing to not have the coffee or, hey, let's go home and make dinner instead of buying it out. Same thing with a car. Like most wealthy people do not drive fancy cars. They don't have the $100,000 Porsche. They might be driving the 10-year-old Toyota with 80,000 miles on it. They don't spend money on things that just really don't return any value. Now, I'm not telling you you have to drive a clunker or never go to get a cup of coffee again. It's just really ask yourself, Do I want this cup of coffee as much as I want that weekend away? Or do I want this type of car? Or do I want to be able to retire from corporate America five years earlier? And these are Mm -hmm. very real choices that translate into our daily habits. And that is kind of combining a couple of of our points here, Karen. Um, They understand delayed gratification and they budget. So knowing that um, you are budgeting that money not stopping it at Starbucks um, or any coffee shop doesn't have to be a particular <laughs> coffee shop. Um, and also it, it also combines in there. They stay away from debt. Yep, absolutely. And you know, you bring up a really good point with the budget. Do you know that most wealthy people, even the wealthiest people you can imagine do a budget This always seems to shock my uh, lower income clients because they think, oh, well, someone who's wealthy has all of the money in the world. And the reality is, is that the way that money works, money is, has an energy about it, just like electricity does. So if you don't take one end of the electrical cord and actually plug it into the wall, the uh, vacuum is not going to turn on and work. Because it's not connected to source. Well, money is the same way. Part of the reason you want to do a budget is because money likes to know where it needs to go. And so if you just earn money and you don't have a budget, the money's just going to kind of go to wherever your next um, crisis is. Whereas if you start the month telling money, the money that you earn, hey, I need to pay the mortgage, I need to pay my car payment, and we'd like to take a vacation, um, then it knows where it needs to go. And you actually help complete that energy cycle and your money will be more productive in the things that you want to do. I have tons of people I work with where they're like, man, I earn a ton of money, but I get to the end of the year and, and I have nothing in savings. I've not taken a vacation and I don't know where any of it went. And yet if we just look at their daily habits where they just stop at the convenience store and every morning they're spending $10 between coffee and snacks And they do that if there's 30 days in a month, they do it 25 days a month. You're looking at a lot of money and then say $250 to $300 a month. Well, if you start multiplying that times 12 months, you're over 
well, you'd be right around $3,600 if it was 300. Who couldn't take a super nice vacation with $3,600? So it's all these little daily habits that we have that just stop us from reaching a lot of our simple and, and wealthy goals. The same thing about like staying away from debt. If you look at what your car payment is every month, so I would say what the average car payment these days is about $500 for a, a higher and nicer car. And even if we used $400, you're still looking at $4,800 a year that you're spending on that car that you will never get back ever. Mm-hmm. And whereas if you invested even half of that at say, you know, four to 10% over the course of 20 years, you're going to look at twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 or more that you've put in the bank. And so when you begin to actually look at some things and saying, is this really paying me what I want? You'll stop engaging in debt. That's really pointless. Now I'm not talking about debt on your house. I believe in real estate. debt is a little bit of a different subject for another podcast, but, but basically they just avoid the debt that they really don't need save up for stuff, buy it. It's not that hard. You just have to practice doing it. One of the other wealth habits they give. Yep. And this is not just giving of their financial dollars. It's also giving of their time and their expertise and their ability to engage in participating in things. Maybe you think, oh my goodness, how could I possibly give my budget is super tight I would say just start with something small. So maybe start with this week, find somebody who could use 10 or $15. And maybe you make that as a surprise gift or every one of us knows somebody who's financially struggling or a single mom. And maybe what you do is if you only have say 15 or $20, why don't you go and get her a gift card to get her oil changed and just give her the gift card and say, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, I'm thinking about you praying for you. And I feel like, I was led to do this for you or donate it to your church or to some place that you feel particularly important for. Maybe you want to, maybe there's a women's shelter or a pet shelter in your town that you feel convicted to give to, but begin to make it part of your daily wealth habits. Sometimes you see people in the coffee lines where they'll buy somebody's cup of coffee ahead. Engage in those practices. Here's the thing. There's a natural law called the law of giving and receiving about money. And money loves to find a balance. And when you are only receiving, but you're not giving, you will get out of balance. And the same thing for those of you who are overly generous, meaning that you tend to give everything away and you don't meet your own needs, or you give up on your own dreams to fulfill everyone else's dreams. You also need to stop doing that as well. Sometimes we need to learn how to receive as well as give. And the same thing of maybe you're not able to give a lot of cash right now, but you have a particular skill that could be used by your local 4-H club or Boy Scout or Girl Scout troop or your church. Maybe you notice that your neighbor has part of their fences torn down, but you know how to build a fence. Why not go over there and offer your skills and your help? There's always some way that you can give something. Just make that a normal part of your daily process. One of the next ones, and this is my downfall, is television. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, most millionaires and highly wealthy people watch hardly any television. Now, I know this is a hard one within our current culture, and I admit there are days when I love a good Netflix binge as well. Sometimes Saturday mornings, now that I'm not on the farm full time, sometimes it's nice just to watch the cooking shows for a couple of hours and not worry about it. I'm not talking about 
eliminating all TV. Say you work for a corporate job and from the time you walk in your house at say six o'clock at night, the TV goes on till 10, 11 o'clock at night, or even in the morning when you get up, if you just automatically flip the TV on, or you find you always have to have some kind of show going on in the background, really think about all of that is taking up space and time in your day and in your head. And most of the time these days it's on repeat. It's really not very relevant to what our lives actually are. And what if you just took and started out and cut out 15 minutes? I always tell people, don't start with five hours. If you're watching really five hours of TV in a day, don't start out by eliminating half of it. Just start with 15 minute increments. Start out with something like maybe if you get home at six o'clock and you normally would turn the TV on right away, maybe wait until seven o'clock to turn the TV on. Or if you're a family, maybe the dinner hour, you don't have the television on. And I know this is super tempting. I often sit and eat in front of the TV because it's my only time to catch up with my dad or other family members. It is a balance. Same thing in the morning. If you're watching it when you work out, well, instead, why not try to listen to a podcast or a book on tape? Just something that still gives you maybe you're wanting a little entertainment value. When you do a book on tape, you're actually learning something instead of just listening to the drivel on the TV. You're in charge of your brain. Reduce your internet time, reduce your television time, and all of it will really aid in you. And it will give you a time to let your brain to calm down. Our brains cannot receive information 24-7. So give yourself the gift of some quiet time to shut the TV off. We're going into some warmer weather here in the Northern Hemisphere. Why don't take five, 10 minutes to sit on your back porch? or just go for a walk instead of always having the TV on. Bring in summertime and and fall are my favorite times to just sit out on my patio and watch. uh, I feel like such an old person because my (laughs) grandparents used to do this, but I watch the birds and I just, I watch life you know, as it's happening and just enjoy the the sensory around me. And of course, watching those beautiful sunsets. It is. And you know, this is a process that is learned. We've learned how to have TV on in our lives. We learned how to have the internet. You can unlearn it as well. What you'll find is part of what creating this space where there's no TV or internet is that it allows your brain to calm down, which one will help you sleep better. But two, it allows your own imagination to kick back in. You'll find that more new ideas come to you. You'll find that you'll have a chance to actually solve some of the problems that you're facing. You'll begin to move into a more creative space. You'll have more time to think. Most entrepreneurs and millionaires and wealthy people spend most of their day thinking. It's a really undeveloped skill in our society. They don't worry about the opinions of everybody else, but they spend their actual time thinking about things. And if you just get in this habit of Maybe that hour of TV that you cut out, spend that hour thinking about the things in your life, not overthinking or stressing about it, but just allow your own imagination to start to process, ask it to come up with some creative ideas. It's amazing how this will transform in your life. It does take practice and it does take some intentionality, but it is a daily wealth habit that will really begin to pay off for you. In one of our previous episodes, I talked about how I don't watch the news in mm-hmm. our house. And it's not because I don't want to be tuned into what's happening in the, in our world or in our culture. It has to do with it has to do with it's one person's opinion or it's one channel's opinion 
And I don't necessarily know that I believe in that opinion. What it also helped me, and this is leading into our next point, is it helped me with my mindset. Mm -hmm. I found that I was becoming this person, especially when the pandemic started, listening to all the doom and gloom that was going on. And especially during a political race, when here in the United States, when we have a presidential race, Mm -hmm. I don't want to listen to all the propaganda. I don't want to listen to all the uh, smear campaign that they're doing Mm -hmm. against their opponent. There's just certain things that it would really affect my mindset. Having the TV off helps with my mindset and gets me into a place where I am more positive and just, I see life differently. Absolutely. And those are such valuable points that you made Jennifer, because Remember, our mindset is controls exactly what shows up in our life. It is really hard to stay in a wealthy mindset when you are listening to the news all the time. I'm not saying don't be informed. There's a ton of ways to get news these days where you can get it in a few quick minutes and stay informed and relevant. What is it that you want to listen to? Maybe one of your favorite television shows is one of those reality shows with a lot of drama in it. And then you recognize in your own life that you've got a lot of that same drama. What you have to realize is that's the law of attraction. Whatever you are feeding your mind, your body, your brain is exactly what you're going to attract. So you might think, well, how am I going to just sit here and I'm watching my favorite reality television and it's kind of a nut house. And then I wonder why I have chaos in my own life. It's because you're engaging in it. So if you want wealth in your life and you want peace and you want generosity, you want things, you have to engage in those things. It is what comes in goes out. It's just the way the natural laws work. And the quicker that you get in alignment, the faster that you find, wow, I didn't actually need that. Cause we, we stay engaged in things because we get some form of payoff. I mean, you and I, as coaches see this all the time where we'll have clients engaged in bad behavior, bad choices for whatever reason. Well, there's a payoff there. And then until you can see what the new and better payoff is, you won't change that. It's the same as our previous episode on the prosperity consciousness versus poverty consciousness. However you view things is exactly what's going to show up in your life. And same thing, if you find yourself, oh, I'm I'm never going to be wealthy or those wealthy people, they should pay all the taxes or yada, yada, yada. It's like, if you find yourself talking that way about wealth, wealth will disappear. Money goes where it's welcome. You have to be welcoming to your money. It doesn't mean you need to worship money. We've talked about that. There's a proper place for money, but you need to make it welcome in your life in order for it to come to you. All of that starts with your mindset. Really observe what you're thinking about and how you view money because you're either attracting it or repelling it. It's just the natural law. Your mindset also helps us with our next point, and that is setting goals. If your mindset that is not in the right place where your goals are, you're never going to hit them. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, Jennifer is world-class um, teaching about setting goals. She has helped me so much with this area. And when she talks about that, listen, because if your mindset is not aligned with the goal that you have, you're just going to leave yourself completely miserable, unfulfilled, and the goal is still going to be sitting there. I think about a company that I work with, with direct sales. We have a yearly incentive trip that we can earn. And honestly, the first first thing that you need to start with is that you believe that in your mindset that you can earn that. And in, unless you start there and then set the goal from there, you'll
you'll never earn it. It doesn't matter how talented you are. You might be able to force your way through it at the end, but it's really not going to happen like you want. It doesn't matter what goal you set, whether you want to learn how to do 5k, you want to leave corporate America, or maybe you're an entrepreneur and you want to add another line of product to your services. If you don't have that mindset and that belief around it, you're never going to create it. Same thing of like, as an entrepreneur, you don't ask yourself, well, well, I can't get, or say, I can't get capital to expand that line. You switch your question and it says, where can I get the capital for this? Or if a dream in your life has not materialized yet, always add the word yet to the backside of it. Because if you say, oh, well, I just don't know what to do about this. That puts in a period at the end of the sentence where nothing new can come to you. But if you say something like, I don't know how to solve this problem yet, or I haven't received this yet, it allows the door to stay open for you to receive that in the future. And remember, no one's going to believe in you more than you believe in yourself. If you are not believing that you are worthy of having this goal, of having this dream, Mm -hmm. no one else is going to believe in it. You have to be in that right mindset. You have to believe that you are worthy because you are worthy. Absolutely. Feeling that and seeing that also draws wealth to you. And so just allow yourself to have that. If you've never done this before, just first step is having the awareness that it's not something that's happening in your life. And then you can begin to implement it little bit by little bit. A lot of this stuff doesn't come overnight. These are multiple things for you guys to work on. One of those steps that we talked about, Karen, that most wealthy people have, I don't know a wealthy person that doesn't have some sort of exercise or eating plan that they try to stick to. If you are not eating a healthy, well-balanced diet, you are not going to have the mind function or capacity to handle what you are trying to digest every single day as, and I don't mean digest physically in our bodies, but mentally digest what's happening in the world, taking that time to move your body, whether it is a walk around the block, some sort of physical strenuous activity, like CrossFit at whatever level you are, that's fine. Start where you're at, work at it every single day, set your timer for 20 minutes and work on that on just trying to move your body. When you move your body, things change in your life. Things change in your mind. Absolutely. And this is such a key point of that. It also goes back to if you're watching TV, the the general thing is, is when we're sitting on the couch or sitting at a desk, even I find this because I have a desk job and there's times where I have to be very diligent about getting out and moving and having exercise and, or like days on the farm where it's like, you're very physically active. And honestly, it feels so great because you fall into bed and you're actually physically exhausted instead of mentally exhausted. And it's really key. And again, if you're not doing something, don't beat yourself up. None of these tips are meant to make you feel bad. If you are feeling bad about hearing them, that should give you some awareness that you've been given a great gift of saying, Hey, I need to step up and do better. It's the same with exercise of, of an eating healthy. And it's the same thing of putting healthy things in our minds. Like if you're reading really awful negative stuff on the news or just everything is a disaster or you're so afraid or everything you're taking in is fear-based, you're not feeding your mind healthy stuff. And so you've got to get out of that. Most wealthy people do not engage in fear-based behavior. And that's a huge piece that a lot of people really miss. 
it's not that they don't experience fear. It's just that they don't choose to live in that perspective. Even with the pandemic and the current world events, most wealthy people are not looking at it and panicking. They're just saying, okay, what's real? What's not? What do I need to do? How do I stay healthy? And again, if you're engaged in these healthy habits of taking care of yourself and keeping your mindset clear, a lot of that fear just naturally dissipates because you'll think clearer and you can process information. Also, because you've been reading, you have a different level of situational awareness where as new information comes in, you can kind of filter about like, okay, that's not true or that's not real real or, okay, I can set that aside, or that's good information or what's consistent and what's not. And so um, really just be aware, uh, aware of that. And our last point is no gambling. Mm -hmm. You know, you could talk about this one for a long time, but here's the deal. Don't gamble. It costs you money every single time. And we are talking about actual gambling. I'm not talking about making a wise and big risk on a business decision at all. I'm just talking about not betting, not gambling with things. You work too hard for your money. And what you don't realize too is, is that gambling actually violates almost every single one of the natural laws of money. So don't engage in it, whether it's betting on sports functions, going to the casinos, we're not going to judge you. You just have to ask yourself, if I knew that gambling actually violated all of the natural laws of wealth coming to me, would I still want to engage in it? If you do, it's your choice. Nobody's going to take your wealth from you. You take your own wealth from yourself. So if you really do want to be wealthy, stop gambling. When I turned 21, we have casinos here in Colorado mm -hmm. and my parents were like, oh, we'll take you up to the casinos for your 21st birthday. They thought it was something, you know, kind of special and fun. So we went up there and they were, you know, here's 20 bucks. What are you going to spend it on? And I was like, uh, the nickel slots, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and they knew I was going to be totally fine after that because I don't like releasing my money like that. I, if I'm going to invest my money in something, it mm -hmm. certainly isn't going to be putting it into a machine that the return on my investment isn't very good. When I bet somebody, I'll say, bet you a dollar. That's my form of gambling. I'm a big risk taker when it comes to that. <laughs> We've all been to a casino or most of us have been. I'm not talking about the situations where maybe you go once a year or like in our agricultural world, the national finals rodeo is held every year in Vegas. And so when most people go to Vegas, they might play some nickel slots or whatever. And it's okay if you choose to engage in this behavior, nobody is judging you. What you just have to realize is that gambling violates the natural laws of money. And you begin to just ask yourself, is that something that's in my best interest at this time? And that's a question you have to answer for yourself. Get a hold of yourself with that. It is not a wealth building tool. And obviously there are a lot of people that do gamble because casinos and Vegas are really big. And even now what people couldn't do during the pandemic, they couldn't leave their homes to go bet on a sporting events. So what do they have now? all kinds of apps that you can bet on. And they are advertised constantly on TV, on the radio. And anytime you guys evaluate something, just get in the habit of asking, well, how does this particular business make money? And is there a service provided? Is there an exchange of goods? Like when you walk into a grocery store, there is an exchange. You pick out a certain foodstuffs and you give them the physical form of money and then they allow you to walk out of the store with foodstuffs. When you gamble, what do you walk away with? Now, if you're going there sheerly to spend money for entertaining yourself for the day, or maybe you'll eat their cheap buffet, maybe they have some kind of concert or show, whatever, just ask 
asking yourself, what is the payoff that you're getting from it? Because if you're not getting something back, like if you drop a thousand dollars and a gambling day and you got to eat at the buffet, a steak dinner for $10, was that really a good exchange or did you just have a thousand dollar steak? And so any business that you work with, just ask yourself without judgment, how does this business actually make its money? And then when you begin to look at businesses where there is equal exchange and for what people get, it is amazing. Those are the businesses that have been in place for hundreds of years, and they're going to be the ones who are successful going forward. It's not judging something. It's just being aware of how things actually work. And if you are needing help because you have a gambling addiction, you can contact gamblersanonymous.org. What we really wanted you guys to take away from this particular episode is pick one of these habits that you're maybe you aren't doing and start engaging in it for the next 30 days. Don't try to start like all of them at once. We actually have the ability only to change one or two habits at a time. And so maybe you are not reading very much. Just start, maybe just read for 15 minutes, whether that's on the business that you're engaged in or just for fiction or for fun and start there. Maybe the next month that you decide, you know what, I'm going to actually work on reducing how much TV I watch, or, you know, this month I'm going to be really intentional about about giving money, time, or talents to a place that I really care about. And I just want to recap real quick uh, what the wealth habits are. So number one, uh, they are avid readers. Number two, they understand delayed gratification. Number three, they stay away from debt. Four, they budget. Five, they give. Six, very little TV. Seven, mindset. Eight, set goals nine, exercise, eating a balanced diet, and number 10, no gambling. I would just really encourage you guys to pick out a couple that you want to work on and also give yourself kudos where you're doing. Maybe you already are reading really well and you're excited about that, but I'm pretty sure everyone will have something on this list that they can improve in. I see areas on this list that I can even improve my own game on. And why not? You guys are welcome to go to our Facebook page, Brilliant Horizons, or you can reach out to the podcast or let Jennifer and I know which ones that you're working on. And as always, we are available for personal and individual coaching. And also if you have a business, maybe you work in a business where you want to help your employees get better at some of these things, contact Jennifer and I, we're all absolutely always up for working with different clients and businesses. If you do want to get better at these things, you can, that's what I want you to feel is empowered that you have the ability to change these things. This is not delegated to someone else, but you as an individual are empowered to make these changes, no matter who you are, what your socioeconomic standing is, what your age is, or any of your background. You are not a victim. You absolutely have a choice in how you live your life. Karen and I would love to hear which of these habits are you going to adopt into your daily study and how will you measure your progress? And be sure to let us know what is it that you're doing? What did you decide to adopt? What are you practicing and how has that changed your life? So go engage in these habits every day and here's to greater wealth and health in all areas. Take care, everybody. And we look forward to hearing you on the next Brilliant Horizons. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. We hope you found value in what you heard today. Drop us a note to let us know your favorite takeaway or application from today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any episodes. While you're there, be sure to leave us a review. 
And as always, if you're ready to grow and advance your own God-given callings, contact Jennifer or Karen for personalized coaching. Don't let your dream go one more day without living it out.